Welcome to episode eight of the Ultra Ordinary Running Podcast. We are ordinary runners embarking on a journey to our first 100-mile ultramarathon together at Javelina 100 in October 2016. Um, this is just about 257 days from this recording, and I am Christina, and always joined by the ever-inspiring Angela and Melissa. Hi, ladies. Hi, Hello, Christina. Christina. So I apologize to our, our listeners. Um, we did take a little bit break um, in between last podcast and this podcast. We've been kind of very, you know, all very busy with, with lives, right? Oh, yes. my, yes. Yeah, yeah. But today we have a, a, a very, um, I think it's going to be a fun episode. Um, today's topic is um, how not to run an ultra or trail race for that matter, because I think it can, these tips can extend to both, whether it is an ultra or a trail race and the likelihood of an ultra being a trail race is, is, you know, pretty likely because there's not a lot of ultras that are not on trail. Um, at least I haven't found any. Um, so we're going to do a little round table, um, this will be and a, we're uh, not all in the same state, but no. it's a metaphorical table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so on that note, let's start with Melissa. Oh. And what what is a tip that you have on for somebody who's listening on how not to run an ultra or trail race? Uh, what not to do would be, I would say, run the hills. Oh, did, good one. Did I get the double negatives right? Yeah. Don't Don't run the hills. Um, and actually, you know, in an ultra, what you're going to want to do is walk. Walk early and often. <laughs> <laughs> Before I started running ultras, I knew a lot of people who had run ultras in my running club. And I knew of walking. Like I knew it existed. <laughs> I didn't necessarily think I would have to do it. Because I was used to running marathons. And when you're running a road marathon, like if you start walking, that's bad news. Like it means you're injured, you know, something has gone wrong. Um, so I wasn't really prepared <laughs> or aware that you're supposed to walk during ultras. And that's the thing, like a lot of people who don't run ultras, even if they are runners of other distances, one of the things they ask me is, oh my gosh, do you, ha do you have to run the whole time? Like, are you allowed to walk? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a judge assigned to each participant <laughs> who goes along beside you the entire way and makes sure you run every step of the way. But yeah. no, I was lucky enough in my first ultra um, to be running with a lot of people that I knew. Um, and it was it wasn't exactly on trails. It was more of kind of like a cross-country style course. I mean, it wasn't the road, but it was like pretty smooth. Um, and there was one big hill, which I guess is, I don't know that I would consider it a big hill anymore, but it's the kind of hill in a shorter race or even a marathon. If I was encountering it just one time, I would absolutely have run that hill. But this race was a loop course, so I was going to be encountering it, you know, 12 times or something like wow. that over the course of the run and walking that hill the first time might have been fine but walking that hill like or 
sorry, running that hill the first time might have been fine, but running it like six hours later <laughs> was going to be a different story. So luckily I was with people who knew what they were doing. And, you know, as we got to that hill, they, they started walking and I was like, okay, you know, these people have run hundred milers. They really know what they're doing. If they're stopping yeah. to walk, I will too. So, um, that's one thing, I guess, in ultras, there are a lot of, they're in places often where there are a lot of hills. So definitely take that, take that chance to walk them because you're going to be using different muscles to walk the hills. It's really going to help save your legs, um, to walk instead of run. Um, and I actually, I've done a race 150 miler that wasn't hilly. It was on a rails to trails course, which if you guys don't have those in your area, it's like an old railroad line that's not being used anymore. So it's been made into a trail. It's just like crushed gravel. Um, so very flat. And I did my first 50 miler on a course like this. So absolutely no hills. And I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I got caught up with a bunch of faster runners because it was also a marathon. So I got caught up with marathon runners and I'm like running marathon pace for the first 20 miles of that race at which point i crashed hard i started puking like i i i was a mess and rob met me at the halfway point and he's like what are you doing here it should be another hour at least before you get here why are you here so fast so the last 30 miles of that race were i mean i finished it but it was probably the hardest race i've ever run even though it was a flat course the terrain wasn't challenging, um, but it became challenging because I didn't stop to walk. So I think if you are running a course like that where there aren't natural walk breaks, you have to create them. Like I've I've done races where people have their watch beep every, I don't know, 15 minutes or something, and they take a small walk break or something. And that absolutely saved me at Across the Years when I decided there was one section of that loop course that I was going to walk every single time. And I think that's the only way I was able to keep going for so long in that race. So, yep. Walk. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But how, how not to would be to run the hills. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in with, with the tip I have, how not to run an ultra or trail race. And I'm going to offer this tip and that is to wear the race shirt that they give you. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's hot or cold weather. So if it's cold and they give you, you know, a tank top, wear it. Or if it's a hot weather race and they give you a long sleeve, wear it. Change into whatever shirt you're wearing and and wear the race shirt. You know, and the reason being is that races, you know, they're usually the trails are open. And you want people to know you're doing a race. And they may ask you what race you're doing. <laughs> well, if you wear the race shirt, they can read it. And that would be, say, yeah, a real time saver. Yeah. It will be. <laughs> you don't have to explain it. You just point. You don't. Just point. Just point to your, to your chest, your back yeah. or whatever, your front, whatever. This is sure. the race I'm doing. You don't even have to talk to them. Just point. Sure. That's it. That's and it. if that's, you've that's... never worn it before, it'll give you a good opportunity to chafe in places you've never chafed before. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. want that fresh I shirt. I see that. Yeah. Fresh you want chafing. the fresh shirt. Yes. And it's all clean. It's all clean. So that's my tip. 
how not to run an ultra or trail race. Wear the race shirt. Wear the shirt, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Angela. Well, you know, we discussed this a little bit before we started that I'm like, well, I'm not really sure that I, I mean, I have one ultra and one, one trail race and that being the same race, um, under my belt. Um, and so I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know that I have any really good tips, although I, I have, so Melissa, you were taught, I'm just going to kind of feed off of what Melissa said about running the hills and what a great idea that is at your first ultra. And, um, because at, at the bear chase, my one ultra, there's a hill kind of right off the bat. I don't know how far that darn hill is up that Two miles. This year it was two miles. The course two miles was in. changed. The first year I did it, it was four miles, but they changed the course and now it's two miles in. So two miles yeah. in, you go up this lovely hill and, you know, everybody's like in a little parade for those first two miles because nobody's really pulled away. And I was feeling pretty good and I hit the bottom of that hill and I thought, oh, come on, people, let's, you know, and I, I get I do have a bit of competitiveness in me. And so I'm like, come on, people, let's go. Let's run up this hill. And I really, and I was thankful that that I didn't run up that hill because by the time, third time I went up that darn hill, I was, I was cursing my body parts as we climbed the hill. Um, but Melissa is the one that told me when I was training for that race, she told me the same advice that she just gave our listeners, which was, I'm like, I don't even know how to train for this. Everybody says, oh, just train like you're running a marathon. And she told me, take practice walking because it does use different muscles. Um, and so I I did during my long runs while I was training, I, I practiced walking and I've started to do that with my longer runs now as well and walking up the hills. Like when you're running and you're just going to run, it's like, oh, I must run up this hill. I must run up every hill. But I – so I think that there's really good advice to that. And I, I, I followed your advice, Melissa, whether I don't know think that I ever told <laughs> wow. you that. but <laughs> I don't remember saying that actually. Yeah, but I'm glad that I did and that it – Worked out well for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you told me to practice walking. You're like, practice taking walk breaks. I'm like, mm, all right, that's cool. I can, <laughs> I can do that. So, um, yeah. So I just, I kind of second that, that about not, you know, I mean, if, if you really want to mess up your first ultra, run all those hills. And as we've heard in an earlier podcast, trash your legs early. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you, <laughs> You won't need them later because they won't work for you. And um, you totally, won't, you won't totally. need to outrun coyotes or anything. So. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you totally want to bank those miles in that time. Oh, you yeah. Know? Well, yeah. yeah. Negative because split. If you could get out ahead early and run <laughs> up the hills and you can get ahead, then you'll be ahead of yep. everybody the whole thing. They There's no way they're going to pass you. No way. Mm hmm. I think Very actually good. that's Rob's strategy in an ultra, but he might not be in the ordinary category of listeners because <laughs> he does, he does, yeah. he's faster. So he does, if, when you're in a conga line like that, you know, he likes, he needs to be out front <laughs> more than I do. Yeah. 
Well, can I, can I mention another tip that I have just on that note? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So how not to run an ultra trail race is that if you do come across some single track, you know, and in by single track, I mean, you know, a very narrow trail that's, it's usually fitted for just one person, right? Mm-hmm. So you may have a line of people that come up behind you because they're going faster and maybe you're taking your sweet little time. You don't need to move to the side on a single track to let people pass. <laughs> Trail runners are so nice. They really are. They'll just let you go your pace until the trail gets wider. So just like when you get that conga line going, you know, Rob's coming up behind and people are slowing down and stopped. That's okay. Rob doesn't care. Let's Rob doesn't care. No, this no. actually, Christina, this seriously stresses me out about trail races because I know <laughs> I am a slower runner. And especially for like loop courses like that, you can't always just start in the back and know you're going to be in the back because eventually the fast people will catch up with you. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm I'm so not good on my feet. I'm worried I'm going to be caught in an area where I don't feel safe getting over and somebody's going to come up behind me and get pissed off because I'm like not letting them pass. And this was a, actually a fear of mine at Bear Chase too, because in some freakish sense, I'm actually better at going uphill than downhill. I'm like terrible mm-hmm. at descending. And so I was, I'm always really scared on that descent at the bear chase race. If somebody's going to be fast coming behind me, I don't feel, there's a lot of that descent. I don't feel like there's a place where I can get over. So that, like, that does stress me out. And I'm, I still don't really know how to deal with it. You just move to the side. Yeah. And, and it's actually never been an issue in a race. There's been a few times, you know, somebody has come up behind me in a case like that and they've just said, passing on your left or, you know, something. And then like, they'll say, great job as they go by. It's like, people are pretty nice. And then even a few times I've caught myself in that scenario where I want to pass somebody else, Mm. but yeah. Well, and I was worried about it at Bear Bear Chase. And so we weren't even, you know, you take off from the start line and everybody gets up and then it like totally bottlenecks and you go from being on the sidewalk down this single track and you go down. And so there's all kinds of people behind me I was probably in the middle of the pack and I was like so because I I know I'm thinking this is my first ultra this is my first trail race and I'm like thinking oh I'm sure all these people are way more experienced than I am and they're I'm sure they're all way faster and so once we got down to the single track where I had a little because th- there was going to be people in front of you and behind you there was no getting over everybody was just trying to get to where it opened up a little bit and but I was so worried about it that I was like, well, I better get over. So I hop off the trail and I let person after person after person after person (laughs) pass me. They just don't stop. I'm like, you know, whatever, a quarter of a mile or half a mile into this 50K and I'm standing on the side of the road. And finally, there's a gap in these people. I'm thinking that was dumb. (laughs) all, All I've done is let them get up. So now I just had to follow all those same people that passed me. I had to follow all them as we all conga lined up the first hill. So I wasn't, you know, but I was worried that I was going to you know, upset somebody or somebody that was really trying to race was going to be disturbed because here was this, you know, slow woman in the trail who clearly didn't know what she was doing. And, you know, 
And so it, it's kind of, you know, I was like being like the superly overly cautious, let me get out of your way, even if I really didn't need to on that race. And yeah. I guess you figure it out after a little bit, you figure out when people want to pass and, you know, when they don't and I don't know. Yeah, I was the same way. Do you have any other advice for us about that, Christina? <laughs> no. Because I feel no, the same way. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Melissa, you have another tip? Um, yeah, I hope I'm doing this right in the what not what to you, do. Sorry, I have like not. trouble with negatives in my mind. <laughs> like even on, like on the test, a te- multiple choice test is a which one of these is not true. Like I'm always oh. <laughs> I always miss those. Okay, so what not to do not to do is train for it like it's a marathon <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because and I think that means a couple of different things at least for me well okay for a couple of different things first of all with a marathon like a marathon is a marathon is a marathon mostly right mm-hmm. like you put in a certain distance mm-hmm. mileage you put in a certain effort and you kind of have a pretty good idea of what the result's going to be. Maybe, you know, you have a bad day and, and you aren't able to make that goal or whatever. But I feel like with ultras, there are so many other things to consider, like hills and terrain and, you know, technical trails, and maybe it's going to be really hot and things like that. So like, at least when, when I was training for marathons, and I think this could be in part of where I was in my life and also where I was geographically, like everything that I ran on was completely flat because I lived in a flat place. There were no hills. And I was also young. I didn't have a kid. And before, you know, I do a long run of 20 miles, that'd be my long run. And like the night before that, I would eat really well. I would get to bed early. I would get up really early in the morning and run to try to beat the heat. And I felt like when I was running, training for marathons, everything, it was like neat running. Everything was like neat and tidy. And Mm. now (laughs) training for ultras, I I decided my method for training on ultras is called feast on scraps, which is like (laughs) take what you can get and make the most of it. And I think that's in part because I'm in a very different part of my life right now. Like I have a kid, I have to do this when I can. And I think... Like one example I have, I'll try to make this short, training for my first ultra, which was an eight-hour timed race in the Midwest in August. So it was going to be very hot and very humid. And we lived in St. Louis at the time. So that was an asset. St. Louis Mm -hmm. is the hottest, most humid place on the earth. So it was a great place to train for this kind of race. Um, But... There was like one weekend when my best friend was going to be passing through on some trip or something. Hi, Amy, if you're listening, I know you listen. And she, we hadn't seen each other for years. Uh, she has four kids. And so it was like a big deal that we were going to, she was going to come and visit this weekend, but it was also in peak training time. Like I really needed (laughs) to get a really good run in that weekend. So, you know, what ended up happening, my friend came to visit. We got absolutely no sleep the whole weekend. We were up chatting one of our kids was always up like having a bad dream or looking for the bathroom in the night. We didn't get much sleep. And, you know, in the daytime, we were out wandering around St. Louis in the heat of the day, like looking at all the tourist attractions and stuff. 
And so by the time she left on like Sunday afternoon or whatever, 3 p.m., it's 90 degrees out. I haven't slept or eaten well or taken care of myself at all. And Rob says to me, okay, go out and run 20 miles. I was like, are you kidding me? No, like (laughs) I'm not in condition to do that. I haven't, you know, done the preparation that I need to do that. But that was pretty much my only chance to do it. If not, I was going to miss a long run that weekend. So I did. Like, I got myself together. I felt terrible. But I went out there and did it. It's 95 degrees out. But that was actually great training conditions for the race. Like, I was running Mm -hmm. when I was extremely tired, um, when I was low energy and dehydrated to start with. I think it was really good training for the race. And beyond just the physical aspect of that, I actually thought about that while I was running my ultra. I thought about that training run. I was like, you know what? I did that really hard run. Like I'm out here now. I can keep doing this. I know I can handle it. So I guess, um, I don't know. That was just kind of what I was thinking of in terms of training. Like if you just take what you can get. And sometimes it's actually an asset if you have to train while you're pretty uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, comfortable with the uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I joke about it, but like I was telling, I, I mentioned it before is, you know, whenever something, I have some kind of weird quirky thing and I, and I, that's really good advice. And I'm, I like how you put that because you do, when you're training for a marathon, I think you like all those perfect conditions and you like your nutrition to be just right. And you like your timing to be just right. And if the race is going to be in the morning, you run in the morning and you, you know, and, and it's, you know, you want it to be just so perfect. And then anytime something goes wacky for me, I'm always, and I jokingly say it is, Oh, that's ultra training. Like when that crazy doctor did that whatever technique on my <laughs> shin bones and made me cry. Please and then refer to me, episode seven. <laughs> yes, episode seven. And I'm crying while I'm running. He's like, just keep running. You'll be fine. And I can remember crying and going, oh my God, okay, this is ultra training. It's okay. This is going to be fine. And even this last weekend, I went out and I had eaten some cream of wheat for breakfast. I didn't feel, I, it just didn't sit very well. And my stomach was upset. And I thought about our conversation earlier about having an upset stomach and me being a weenie and going, I don't ever want to be running an ultra and have an upset stomach. So Saturday morning I get up, my stomach is upset, but I need to go out and run 12 to 13 miles. And it's like, well, you better just go do it. You know, that you, what you, are you just going to not go do it because you you have a tummy ache, you, you know? So <laughs> I get out the door and the first several miles, my stomach's being kind of gross. And I'm like, well, it's ultra training, Angela. Just keep, mm. just work through it. So, you know, how not to run a marathon? Make all your training runs perfect and pain-free and <laughs> only run in perfect conditions. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Only that's run in perfect conditions. If it's too hot, don't go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Rain, rain, forget it. <laughs> Definitely not in the rain. No. Or if your feet are sore, don't do that. No, that's good. That's a good one. I think we can use our lives to train for ultras too. Mm -hmm. Like what Mm -hmm. you said, Angela. Good. Yeah. Well, I got one, um, another tip on how not to run an ultra or trail race. And that is to uh, sample everything. (laughs) And I mean, everything at the aid stations. 
you know, they will have chips, cookies, crackers, potatoes, you know, red vines, tortilla uh, roll-ups, tortilla roll-ups, goo, gels, soda, water, pickles, fruit, you know, watermelon, oranges, electrolyte drinks, you know, it's all free, you know, all the food. Well, I mean, it's not all free. You may have paid paid for for it. You've already paid for it. You might as well eat it. Well, maybe you paid for it. There is a thing called bandit running. So, you know, that's legit too, you know. (laughs) I think that's another episode. (laughs) Refer to episode 10. (laughs) So I say, you know, the food is there, you know, and maybe you didn't train with it. That's fine. It's there for you now. So just go ahead and, and try it. It may just work wonders for you. You never know. So I'm, that's what I'm going to say. The volunteers <laughs> might think you're rude if you don't pick you up don't. some of that food. You know, they're out there working for you. So. Well, here's the thing about that. Here's another tip not to do. Don't thank the volunteers. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> don't. There's no need to, really. I mean, no. I mean, they, they may have already been there. You know, they, <laughs> they just go they, out there every weekend. <laughs> watermelon. <laughs> They may have had nothing else to do that day, and they were going to be there anyway. And so no need to thank them. Oh, my God. I asked the volunteers at Bear Chase to come home with me. They were so so good. (laughs) They were, like, washing the salt off of my face. They were giving me everything I needed. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, don't, definitely don't listen to that tip because do you think the volunteers because they are out there? <laughs> it's like having a spa day out on the trail or something. They were the best. Yeah. yeah. Volunteers, volunteers, bless their hearts. And I volunteered, bless their hearts, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that about me, but other people. But, you know. <laughs> I bet you're a great volunteer at an aid station, Christine. I am. I bet I you feel- are because you're so I- encouraging. Yeah. I yeah. would do it even if they paid me. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have a tip speaking of the wonderful volunteers and how um, they, Melissa mentioned that they, they washed the, the sweat off her body. So <laughs> a good, a good tip um, on how not on on running your first ultra i am not going to confuse the negatives but when you see a bucket full of water at an aid station with a sponge in it go ahead and just sponge that water all over your face because i'm sure there hasn't been hundreds of other runners that have done the same thing and so their sweat is in that water too and you you know and i'm sure it'll be fine and at least it's cold and it'll be fine if you get other people's sweat in your face um, at the aid station. Um, so, you know, just feel free to do whatever you want to do with that bucket of water when you run by it. Oh. <laughs> Still a little tip from my first ultra. That's not going to be something you forget, I don't think. Oh, uh, no. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross okay Okay. melissa do you have any other tips i i do i have one other tip um okay let's see if i do this right what not to do during an ultra is freak out when you hit the wall (laughs) because wait wait a minute definitely freak out when you hit the wall 
Wait, what is the time. whale? I don't, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> you know, I was really used to running road marathons. And if you hit the wall, so to speak, or like run into a really bad patch, which I did in probably most of the marathons I ran, like it, it just, you couldn't get out of it you were in a low patch for the rest of the race and it just was very difficult. But with ultras, I don't know if I've said this before on the show, but it's like, it's like ride the wave because (laughs) you are going to get into low places, but those low places, you know, you will get through them and you'll get back up to a high place again. And that was the thing I really wasn't prepared for, or I didn't understand. I think it was probably like my third ultra that 50 miler on the flat where I really just didn't plan it well and and ran too fast at the beginning. When I hit that wall at mile 20, I was just like, oh my God, these next 30 miles, I don't know how I'm going to get through them. Well, I did because, you know, I was in a low point for maybe even 10 or 15 miles, but eventually that fog lifted. I could kind of see the sunshine again. I was able to keep down some orange slices. <laughs> and I just kept going and things felt so much better. Um, so I think like, it's just helpful to know if you get into a dark place, a bad patch in an ultra, the good news is an ultra is so long, you're going to have enough time to get out of it. <laughs> a marathon, it's just over before you get out of the bad patch. So in an ultra, you're going to ride the wave. And even like, so Rob ran the Never Summer 100K last summer. So that's 100 kilometers. He had a bad patch that lasted 26 miles. And I'm like, that is an entire marathon. He spent an entire marathon in a bad patch. But like that lifted and he still had another, I don't know, (laughs) however many, like another whole marathon to run. And he felt much better. So I think just knowing like if you're in a bad patch or a dark place, it will end and you will start feeling better. That's awesome. I think we have some pretty good tips here. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm writing them down. (laughs) I know. This is going to be the premise, like the foundation of our book at some point. Oh, yeah. This would be a whole chapter, maybe several chapters. Maybe several chapters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this would be good. I think those. Are, I think that pretty much wraps it up, right? I think so. I don't have any more tips or yeah. what not to do. Yeah, but I mean, if anything else comes up, I'm sure people will, you know, share. Yeah, let us know what yeah. not to do, other things what not to do. Yeah. Well, um, before we sign off, I just wanted to um, say thank you to our listeners um, who are, you know, following us on Twitter and um, subscribing and listening on iTunes. You know, thank you so much. And if you like to follow us, you can find us at ultra underscore ordinary. And um, I think this wraps up episode eight. Sure does. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.